Good morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Radio, the show that brings you the world's most intrepid people. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Uh, there's a, uh, you guys know that I read a lot of books, and if you ask me what my all-time favorite business book is, I'll tell you it's Rework who is co-authored by my guest today, and I'm really excited to get a chance to connect and visit with him a bit. Say hello to David Heinemeyer Hansen, who is a partner with 37 Signals and best-selling author. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you. Thanks for making time to do this. Uh, David, before we get into a conversation around your new book, let's take a second and have you share with the audience a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Um, so I'm a software developer um, and I'm a, a business owner and, and the two kind of go hand in hand. My first commercial software development job was for 37 Signals, the company I'm now a uh, partner at. I developed something called Ruby on Rails, uh, which is a toolkit for creating uh, web applications. When we originally created our first product at 37 Signals Basecamp, I've been working on, on that and on Basecamp for about the, the past 10 years as well as, uh, as sort of running 37 Signals, uh, uh, writing books, speaking about um, entrepreneurship and, uh, and running businesses and so forth. And um, yeah, I think that's the 20-second summary. Yeah, outstanding. Well, again, thank you for rework. It is it is obviously one of, uh, or it is very much one of my favorite books. So I appreciate that that fine work. I was always going to be intrigued as to what the two of you, your co-authors, Jason Freed. I was always curious as to what was going to be next from you guys, and it's a book called Remote. Office not required. Obviously, uh, very much incongruent with with uh, the work out of Thirty Seven Signals. But talk about why you had to write a book about working remotely. Why was it necessary? So the way I got started working with Thirty Seven Signals was remotely. I was in Copenhagen, Denmark, seven time zones away from Chicago, where Jason was based, and and we worked together like that for a good two or three years. Um, so I already, right from the my introduction to to sort of working with Thirty Seven Signals, we were working remotely. Now we grew that then from there, and and today we have maybe ten people who come to the office in in Chicago, and another what is that, twenty eight uh, spread out all over the rest of the world. To me and to us, this has just been how we've been operating for the past decade. Uh, we hire the best people wherever they are, and we allow them to to work from wherever. Uh, it gives them the freedom to uh, to work for us, even though they won't want to to live in Chicago necessarily, or they can't live in Chicago, and, and all these other benefits that we we cover in remote. Well, I thought that this was sort of common knowledge. I thought that uh, having remote workers and and having a remote setup was just something people knew about, and and sort of they knew the pros and the cons, and uh, and in fact that I thought at least in technology that most people were actually doing it. Well. About uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I started talking to people about this uh, topic of, of remote work, especially in the technology business, where you'd think that um, plenty of companies would be on this wagon. Well, what I found was that they weren't at all. Uh, tons of companies had an incredibly shallow understanding of what remote work is and how best to do it, and had decided on those shallow grounds that that was not for them. And I was just really surprised that that was the case. I felt like, well, 
all this information is out there. Um, all these studies about how good it is for uh, employee uh, retention and motivation and, and, and the access to talent that you can have and so forth. I thought this, this was just self-evident. Well, it wasn't self-evident. And re- remote is basically our attempt of, uh, of laying out the full case for, for anybody who is not convinced yet that uh, remote work, having at least part of your company do remote work is an excellent idea. So I basically took inventory of all the arguments out there and, and all the objections to, to why, why it wouldn't work. And we recorded it in this book alongside our decade long experiences with, with remote work and how to make it work best. Um, and sort of put it all together in sort of the uh, two-part punch. One is why you should do it, uh, all the arguments for why it's a good idea, and then second punch is, is how you should do it, how best to implement a, a remote work uh, policy, so to speak, and uh, and take advantage of this uh, wonderful new world of um, uh, of location being optional. Well, you see, David, it's uh, you and I are probably similar in that we live in this bubble called social media, and it feels like I'm I'm, I'm I'm not surprised to hear you say that that you were surprised that most of the world does not operate this way and and doesn't have this understanding of of what remote work is is really all about. I, I, in this bubble that we live in, it feels like everybody I interact with is working remote. Uh, so so I, I think there's uh, uh, it makes perfect sense that a lot of the world isn't isn't there yet. I get the impression from the book. Obviously, the book is not published yet. So I have not read it, but I get the sense that this book isn't necessarily just for the guy who runs the business about how to do it, but it's also to bring awareness to uh, the, the worker out there to say, look, you don't, if you live in Omaha, you're not limited to work in Omaha. You can potentially work for any cool organization around the globe. Is that a fair statement that, that the book is, is, is as much for the worker to, to make them aware of what's possible? Absolutely. Uh, not only just to make them aware of here are all these options available to you, but also to serve as sort of a, a template for for them to make the case within their own organization to to go to their boss and say hey uh, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in a traffic for an hour every morning can we do something about this and we try to then package all these these good arguments along with the great statistics and and other research that's been done on the topic together into these sort of neat little essays just like we did in um, in rework where you can take an essay that speaks most to you or to your boss and and use that as sort of a baseline of discussion and say, hey, could we try this? Could there be an experiment here? Uh, I know a great guy in Omaha, for example. Could we hire him? I think actually that ability to to be able to live outside of the main hubs of your industry uh, is one of the absolute key elements of why remote work is such a such a powerful tool. Right now, for example, I am sitting in Marbella, Spain, absolutely not a technical or technological uh, hotspot uh, <laughs> by any measure. Um, and it doesn't matter. First of all, I can sit here and do this interview with you. Second of all, I've been working for, for the last couple of hours um, with people spread out over the rest of the world, a bunch of them in the U.S., some of them in the U.K., uh, and it's just not 
it's not a big deal. It doesn't hamper our productivity one iota. And, and we make the case in the book that it actually increases your productivity not to sit on top of each other in an office. And it allows me to, to live where I want to live, which for the time being is Mabea, Spain. We have lots of other people in 37 Signals who live in all sorts of small towns somewhere that would not have a, a tech base somewhere they could commute to. Um, in fact, it's funny, we're a technology company, we're a software company, and we don't have a single person in either Silicon Valley, San Francisco, or New York. <laughs> That's not because like, we have anything against those places. It just didn't work out that way. And I find it just uh, the discussion, especially in our industry, especially in technology, uh, social media, and so on, tends to be very myopic, I think. Uh, when it comes to software, there's a lot of people who think that the center of the universe is, is San Francisco or Silicon Valley. Uh, and it's just not so. We have amazing developers, amazing designers who live out all over the place. Uh, the first developer we hired from for 37 Signals lived in Idaho. And so what? I mean, get the best people wherever they are. Let them live where they want to live. And you'll be amazed at the results you can achieve. David, uh, I don't think... I'm, I'm sure the book touches on the tools that are available, but, but the, the access to technology that enables you to work remotely isn't the problem anymore. Many thanks to organizations like 37 Signals for the product you put out there to facilitate some of this remote work. But, but that's not the issue, I don't think. The, the technology, you and I are, are talking around the globe on Skype, and there, there, are, there are plenty of tools to use to do this. I get the feeling that the real problem, the real struggle is an organizational mindset saying, I have to have this command and control. I need to have all my people under my roof where I can I can monitor them and, and see what they're doing. How big how big of a challenge is shifting this paradigm, shifting the mindset to to free up an organization to enable its people to work remotely? It's a huge challenge. This technological shift that we've experienced over the last 10, 15 years that's enabled remote work has happened incredibly quickly. And I think in a way that we haven't yet fully appreciated. And yet we have tons of organizations and people who've been brought up with a different lay of the land where you couldn't do this. I mean, good luck trying to, to do a distributed company with 40 people back in, uh, in 88. I mean, what, you're going to send faxes back and forth? Snail mail? Of course not. It just wasn't feasible. But a lot of people still, a lot of organizations uh, and people who run organizations were working in 88. So you sort of have this mentality that, um, hey, this is, this is how we've been working for, I mean, for the most of time. Uh, it's a very recent, it's a tiny, tiny blip in the history of work that we've been able to to have these incredibly powerful tools at our fingertips for, for enabling this kind of stuff. So no wonder there's a big mind shift that, uh, that has to happen. Uh, and we absolutely address that in the book because that is going to be the number one case. As you say, technology, that problem is, is simply solved. And we have lots of examples in the book of all kinds of companies for all kinds of industries who've, who've realized this and thought, oh, wait a minute. Um, we can actually do this. It's just not a problem anymore. So the conversion of, of the culture of a company is, um, is a big deal. And I think what's really interesting about remote work is that it tends to promote good 
principles of work, good culture of work in general, even if you weren't doing remote work. Such ideas such as having information out in the open, that it's not siloed on one guy's computer or Rolodex or whatever. Those are things you must do in order to do remote work. You don't have to do those if you just work in the office. It could be just Joe, who, who's the only guy who can uh, see all the files that the, the customer needs. And you have to go through Joe every time. That can sort of kind of maybe work if you're in the office. Of course, it doesn't work if you're remote. So remote has a tendency to sort of shine light on all these areas of inefficiencies and, and bottlenecks in your, in your business that perhaps it wasn't so obvious that you had when, when you could just go to anybody's desks at any time and interrupt them for any reason. But that's not really a great way of working anyway. So I think that's really exciting about remote work too, is that it, it, it serves as um, enlightenment for all sorts of other great business practices that you should be doing anyway, but most people aren't. Let me pick your brain, because uh, I need some help. Uh, I have an organization, there's three of us, uh, and we work remotely. We don't have an office. Uh, and I find, though, what we would never do it any other way, uh, but I find that sometimes we miss out on the, the bonding and, the, and the, just the, the general interaction that you, would, that you would have working under one roof. Uh, you know, for instance, when you have an idea, you would oftentimes walk down the hall and sit down at the guy's office and pitch the idea. It's trickier to do that when the guy's in another state. I mean, obviously, you could pick up the phone, you could get on Skype, you could inst instant message. There's plenty of ways by which you can you can connect and collaborate. But do you have some advice for organizations like that and on what they can do to to work remotely and, and, and benefit from all the efficiencies of that, but still maintain the ability to brainstorm and network where, where it's appropriate? Sure. I think there's two parts to that. There's one part, which is sort of cultural cohesion. You want to feel connected to your coworkers, not so much for reasons of productivity, but more for just uh, like personal reasons of sort of, of feeling like you're a part of something. That's really important. And that, as you say, it is hard when everything is just textual communication. So we do a couple of things. First of all, we have a, a permanent chat room where we hang out all day, every day. It's called, uh, for us, it's called Campfire. It's a product that we made and others have made similar products. And the main purpose of that chat room is not so much coordination of the work or, or following up on the work. It's simply social cohesion. It's a place for us to sort of uh, goof around, post funny videos or pictures of cats doing weird things. <laughs> and, and if the other things that you just are, are part of sort of feeling like you're, you're part of a community of work. So... That sort of addresses some of the day-to-day -day need to, to interact with your coworkers and just have fun, basically. Um, the second part is that even if you work remotely, it's a great thing to get together in person. Just because you work remotely doesn't preclude getting together in person at all. In fact, at 37 Sequence, we get together about two or three times a year. We, we just meet up somewhere. Before we had an office, we would just pick somewhere in the U.S. and meet up and, and book a, a, a hotel for a weekend and just um, have fun and do some work as well, but mostly just put faces to names again, um, reconnect, so to speak. And what we found was that that connection is eminently possible to keep alive and keep strong 
even if you're just meeting up a couple times a year, you don't have to see your coworkers face to face every single day for to to feel that connection. So that's the sort of the cultural part. Those are two ideas for for keeping cultural cohesion on the productivity side of things. I should say, well, it's harder to just get up, go over to somebody else's desk to to tell them about some idea you have. Well, maybe that's a feature, not a bug. A lot of time is wasted by pulling people into endless meetings to discuss the latest idea that you just had this very moment. You know what? Most ideas are just sound better in your head the moment you have them than they do the next day if you're trying to write them down and document. And there's a reason for that. Uh, most ideas just aren't that good. That's, <laughs> that goes for everybody. That goes for, for me, you, anybody. Uh, we have way more ideas than we have good ideas. So one of the chapters we actually had in, in Rework was uh, don't confuse um, enthusiasm with priority. Just because you just thought of something doesn't mean it's the most important thing for you to bring up right now or to even work on. And what we found, too, was when we meet up about uh, those two or three times a year, uh, we do sit down and we just do a, a bunch of those sessions, right? Like, hey, let's come up with the new things we should work on and so forth. Just in three sessions a year, combined with, of course, all the other stuff that we do during the year where we post it to Basecamp or whatever, but just those sessions, they generate way more idea than we could ever digest. Most people do not have a volume of idea generation problem. They have a problem of figuring out which of all these things we could do, should we do. And then once we've decided on what we should do, then the real work is doing the work. It's not coming up with more, quote unquote, great ideas for other things we could do. I think that uh, most people actually have a, a problem just sticking to, uh, to the ideas that they've already had six months ago let alone uh, um, coming up with new, new ideas. So I think that's one of those things where it's actually a good thing that you can't just constantly, or it makes it harder to constantly just say, oh, let's go in this direction. Oh no, let's go in this direction. Let's go in that direction. And it forces you to, to process your ideas for, for at least a little bit before you share them with, uh, with the world, which certainly never hurt anybody. Well, thank you for that. Uh, the enthusiasm uh, issue uh, <laughs> is something that I can I can definitely relate to. David, I, I, I heard you when you said that there's still way too many people that, that aren't really aware of what's possible here. But that said, I still feel like the our culture is maybe slowly moving to where remote work is going to be generally accepted as the norm. I mean, I, I, work no longer is is a job that you have for 40 years. We're, we're shifting into a project-based workflow now. And I think that's makes this working remote probably more easily facilitated one too but i think the i think the world starting to make products uh, and build companies that that facilitate this as well i mean i'm sure you've heard of uh, julian smith's new organization that he just announced today called breather where he's gonna it's on demand workplaces uh, where, when and where you need them i mean it, it, do you see although there's a lot of education has to still happen do you see the culture slowly moving to a position where this this will become the norm i think it actually is fast moving and i think it's faster moving than than many people realize Everyone I talk to today, if they're starting a new company, almost all of them include some aspect of remote work. Um, the people I talk to who have trouble sort of getting the idea of remote work in is people who are working at existing companies who existed 
have existed for a long time. The longer they've existed, the harder it is for them to adopt new ideas. So I think some of, uh, some of that process of just adopting remote work is just going to happen through churn. Uh, old companies die, new companies are born, and with new companies come new ideas. But even with existing companies, it is really rapidly uh, changing. Uh, we have a bunch of statistics in the book, but if you look just past uh, over the past uh, five or seven years, the upswing in remote work and people who identified themselves as, as remote workers has been huge. So it's on a rapid incline, and, and of course it is. I mean, the, the, the benefits are so great that... Um, this is not going to stay a secret for long. So I, I, I hope that our book can, can help people at least navigate the waters and, and show them what's possible, even if they can't do it right now in this company. Um, as you say, not a whole lot of people stay at the same company for 40 years. So even if you can't do remote work at your current job, if, if you have the arguments, if you have the tools, if you have the knowledge, well, maybe you're the one who starts the next company and you get to set the tone or you pick your next company specifically by targeting uh, companies who get it, who get remote work and, and move on from there. Outstanding. Well, David, we're uh, running low on time. Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they learn more about 37 Signals and where can they get their hands on this book, Remote? The book Remote has a site at 37signals.com slash remote. Uh, 37signals.com is, is our company website. It links to all our products. It links to our blog that we've been running for a good uh, 10 plus years. We usually post all sorts of essays related to remote work and other things on there. And people can find me on Twitter at DHH. David Heinemeyer Hansen, partner with 37 Signals and best-selling author. My friend, it was great to connect. Thanks uh, so much for joining me. My pleasure being here. And good luck with the launch. Thanks, man. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of my guest, David Heinemeyer Hansen, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Radio. What you want? What you want? You've been listening to Intrepid Radio, hosted by me, Todd Schnick. You can find the show at intrepidradioshow.com. If you enjoyed the broadcast, kindly leave a rating and review on iTunes. Until next time, stay bold, and I'll see you soon on the Intrepid Radio Show. Intrepid Radio.